Are you concerned about the current crisis of the faith and of the church? The Catholic Church has been rocked once again after the new revelations of clerical abuse came out last summer. How did all this start? Has this gone on in the church forever? And what can we do to fix it? Welcome to a special episode of All About My Catholic Faith, where I'll talk briefly about the essay Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI just published this past Wednesday evening. I hope you've still been having a great Lent. We are just a week or so away from Easter. The day we were going to start talking about confession, however, with the bombshell revelation of Pope Benedict XVI's essay, about the church and the scandal of sexual abuse, I thought it would be a good idea to talk about that briefly today. Also, I don't have Christopher with me today as he's been sick all week, unfortunately, and is possibly suffering from the flu bug. My purpose today is not to dive very deep into Pope Benedict's essay. I'll leave that to other more capable people. I just wanted to alert you of this essay that our former Pope has just published and lead you to some other resources to help you better understand this essay and how to respond to it. Just to let you know, I will link to the full written version of Benedict's essay, which is titled The Church and the Scandal of Sexual Abuse, in the show notes of this podcast, and also on our website, allaboutmycatholicfaith.com, and our Twitter page, 2CJs Media. And again, that's spelled out T-W-O-C-J-S Media. Thank you to Catholic News Agency for publishing the English translation of this letter, which came out at 4.23 p.m. Vatican time Wednesday night. I realize the official title for Benedict is Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI. However, for the purpose of today, I'm going to refer to him as Pope Benedict XVI. And of course, I do that with no disrespect for Pope Francis, our current Pope. In the essay by Pope Benedict XVI, he starts off by talking a little bit about the recent World's Bishops Conference at the Vatican, where bishops gathered to talk about the current crisis of the faith and about clerical abuse against minors. Many people were disappointed, though, about the conference because it didn't seem that the bishops talked anything about homosexuality that has infiltrated the church over the last 50 years or so, especially after last summer's letter from Archbishop Vigano. Many people hoped that our bishops would address the entire situation of clerical abuse and admit that it not only encompasses abuse against minors, but also the unchaste and unfaithful acts of priests and bishops throughout the last several decades with members of the opposite sex and, more specifically, with other males whether consensual or not. Benedict's essay, as I have it in my hands, is about 6,000 words and just about 12 pages long. The essay by Pope Benedict is divided into three parts. The first part, he works to show that in the 1960s, a major event happened which started to create a new normalcy about sexuality. In the second part of the essay, Pope Benedict points out how all these events in the 1960s affected the formation of priests 
and the lives of the priests. And in the third part of the essay, Pope Benedict works to develop a way for us to have a proper response on the part of the church. I really do encourage you to get a copy of this letter from the link that I provide in the show notes or other means and read this for yourself. It doesn't take too long to read it at all. Once again, my purpose today is not to go deep into this letter. In just a few hours after this podcast comes out, Dr. Taylor Marshall and Tim Gordon will be talking in depth about this letter on their podcast, The Dr. Taylor Marshall Catholic Show. Another great resource is to check out Patrick Madrid's podcast of the replay from Relevant Radio from Thursday morning. He dedicated most of all the three hours to talk about Pope Benedict's letter. The great thing about the Patrick Madrid show is that he allows callers to call in and express how they feel about Pope Benedict's letter. You will, if you haven't already, heard from those who are bashing this letter and Pope Benedict, and that's because they simply don't like to talk about and face up to the true reality of what's been happening in the church for the last 50 years or so. I think we deserve to know the truth, and I'm so thankful that Pope Benedict had the courage and the strength in his older age to stand up and put out this document. I don't think there's any reason for any of us to be afraid of it because I really feel that Pope Benedict is working in the way that he can to heal the church and make the church and all of us in the church stronger. So do not be afraid. Among other things that Pope Benedict talks about in this letter he makes a point to talk about the declining participation at Mass on Sundays and that we, the people of God, see the Eucharist and communion, as he says, in a purely ceremonial gesture. He doesn't say it specifically, but I think what he's saying is the way we treat the Eucharist so nonchalantly these days by letting it be handled by non-consecrated people and by us receiving it standing and in our hands that this has led and continues to lead the faithful into not understanding or not believing that the Eucharist is truly the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ. Pope Benedict does say that he doesn't think we need another church, but instead that we should make it the number one priority to teach and act in a way that truly shows our respect and reverence for Jesus Christ given to us in the Blessed Sacrament. I really and truly believe that as well with all my heart. And I'm so fortunate that my local parish offers the traditional Latin Mass during the afternoon each Sunday. I know for me that attending the traditional Latin Mass has definitely increased my reverence towards the Holy Eucharist. I will never ever again receive our Lord at communion except on my tongue. I can definitely see, even in the Novus Ordo Mass at our parish, that more and more parishioners are being more reverent towards Jesus in the Eucharist every single week. And I know this is a direct result of our pastor and our associate pastor offering the Latin Mass, which in turn has helped them lead the entire flock closer to Jesus in the Eucharist. Before I wrap up, I'd like to read a short paragraph that Benedict wrote towards the end of his essay. 
Today's church is more than ever a church of the martyrs, and thus a witness to the living God. If we look around and listen with an attentive heart, we can find witnesses everywhere today, especially among ordinary people, but also in the high ranks of the church, who stand up for God with their life and suffering. It is an inertia of the heart that leads us to not wish to recognize them. One of the great and essential tasks of our evangelization is, as far as we can, to establish habitats of faith and, above all, to find and recognize them. So, thank you, thank you very much for listening, and make sure you join us next week when we start talking about confession. If you haven't been to confession yet during Lent, you still have time to go over this next week before Easter. Many churches will offer extended confession times on Good Friday, but remember, most churches will not do their normal confessions on Holy Saturday. So make sure you go to confession, and remember to please pray for Pope Benedict and Pope Francis and our church, and also for Christopher and I and our family, and we will definitely remember to keep you in our prayers. Until next week, God bless you, and goodbye for now. Catholic Faith is a 2CJ's production.